week of our lives has officially come to an end welcome back to total football club my name is alex perez at alex perez fc on twitter on instagram on facebook i'm i'm not on twitter that much these days so if you want to contact me do it on instagram i will reply there joined as always by the one the only the number one chelsea fan chris suet chris good to see you again yeah, good to see you too, and welcome back to all our listeners. We missed you. We missed you guys so much. You have no idea. <laughs> hey, man, let me tell you a little a little secret here between between us two and whoever is listening. Over our little hiatus that was only supposed to be a week, but it lasted almost a month, we surpassed the thousand downloads all time on this podcast. One thousand downloads in a little less than a year. I remember I started this. And, uh, I started uploading on this feed in September of 2020, and by late July, uh, so late last month, we surpassed the thousand all-time downloads. So I said that on a previous pod because I recorded one on my phone, and I just uploaded really quickly. So again, thank you all, thank you all, and Chris, this is this is most definitely your your success too. The, the, this is your achievement because you were a huge part of of this podcast in these last few months and going forward man you know it thank you thank you so much man i'm i'm very proud of the work we put we've done and, and the content we've put out and i'm excited for the future man i know we're, we're growing as a team and as a as a how do i say as a production so it's going to be exciting times are ahead for sure absolutely absolutely and yes i love how you said that we're growing as a team because there's gonna be some more people joining us later down the line i i know i know uh, off air we've talked about certain people and i i know that person is probably listening and if they're not i hope they were but i'm sure that they will be on the, on these airways letting letting the world know their opinions very very soon um before we get started with the pod and this uh, we have so much to talk about but before we can even get into that I really just want to let you guys know that you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at Total Foot Club. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube. That always helps a lot. Um, Chris, if you want to plug away your social media, might as well let let's do it while we still have them because I know that as soon as I start talking about Barca later on. Some people might tune out. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, you could you could follow me on Twitter, at, uh, Chris S O S O L O D O L O underscore. It's been Sorry, a while, right? A yeah, it's been a it's been a while since I had to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I feel that it, I'm I'm getting thrown off a little bit because I'm hearing myself speak. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's let's talk about the things that we have been paying attention to. In these last few weeks that we were gone, Chris. Besides, of course, your Chelsea. What have you been paying attention to? What what transfers? What news have you been paying attention to this summer? 
So the big thing for me, the big, the, one of the main stories that really caught my eye, and I, I really don't mean this as a dig, it was just something that they've seen like there was smoke and there ended up being a fire and it, it was what's going on with Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys, I, I'm not the, I'm not a Barcelona fan. I'm a Chelsea fan. And I know I'm not the biggest Barcelona fan, but that doesn't mean I necessarily want to see them do, do bad. I used to have a real, a real, uh, how do I say, like a dark spot for uh, for Arsenal and Barca. And you look at Arsenal now, and it's like, dude, like I don't even take pleasure in bantering them anymore. Like they, they, you know that Simpsons meme? Like stop it! It's they're already dead. Like, <laughs> God, man, I miss. I honestly, I miss the rivalry. I miss that rivalry. I do. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't want to see Barcelona go down the same path. So, and speaking earnestly now, it, it was a little, we, I, I've been watching their summer because they, they have Ronald Koeman. They, they're giving him his, his real opportunity at being manager. They're, they're backing him with the players that he wanted last summer, summer 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a year later, but they weren't being registered. And that really was was weird to me, seeing Eric Garcia at the Euros saying, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going to be in a month because I signed for Barca, but he seems to be having some issues. And that was very odd to me. While we were, while we were watching the Euros and enjoying the Euros, mm-hmm. having the Barcelona players like Memphis, like, like Eric Garcia, like Kun Aguero, even Kun was in Copa America, not, not the Euro, but... It was just very odd to see this global superpower and having this cloud of mystery over them. Like, what's going on? Like, it, are, is this going to be a situation like Man City where we think we think that they have an issue, and then yeah, in reality, they they have the deep the deeper pockets than UEFA, so there's no issue there, or is there really something happening there? And lo and behold, something was definitely happening. There was a fire, like I said. Because you, we're gonna talk about it a little later. But the biggest story in football, probably the biggest story of 2021, COVID aside, happened this week with Leo Messi having to leave the club against his will. There's so much to to unpack about Barcelona. We will definitely get to that in a little bit. Um, there's oh my goodness. There's there's so much to say and and. People think that it started back in 2014, 2015, 2016. You have to go back a few years so you can look at the real start of, of this debacle of FC Barcelona. Um, was there anything else that, that you paid attention to besides the, 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 the shambles that Barcelona is in? Honestly, just, just keeping my eye on all the transfers. It's tough because there's so many rumors nowadays. There's so many people on Twitter and on all, all across yeah. social platforms that claim that they're in the know, that claim that they hear whisper here and there. So it's really hard. You have to know your sources. Yeah. And I've been a fan for Chelsea since Twitter was in the infant stages. So <laughs> there's there's people who are still standing <laughs> from those days, like the Don Fabrizio Romano, who, you know, you, you take you take that you take that a little more serious than, than mm-hmm. other people. But uh, other than that, not, not too much, you know, not, nothing too crazy. Um Usually, I, you follow the Gold Cup because you know that the USA and Mexico <sighs> have fireworks, have fireworks when they play. But the USA just sent everybody home. Um, 
Christian Pulisic didn't play. No. Uh, Sandino Dust didn't play. Brian McKinney didn't play. Like, all the big names for, for the USA skipped out. So my, my, my interest really wasn't there for that tournament. So it was really just keeping an eye on the early rumors and keep, keeping an eye on what's going on with Barcelona because something just didn't seem right. That, and that's, that's where my focus was for the last month or so. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we will talk about that in detail in a little bit. And I'm glad you, well, glad and also upset that you brought up the Gold Cup. Um, as you all know, I am, uh, I am a Mexican-American and I support the Mexican national team. And the fact that this Mexican national team lost to the C squad of the United States, the C squad, this isn't even the B squad, it was the C squad. They lost the final in Vegas. Uh, that, that, that was tragic. That was absolutely tragic. And, um, I, that, that's probably the only mention that I want to make on this podcast about the Mexican national team because they, they, well, actually, you know what? No, I will talk about something positive from Mexico. The Mexican national team, the Olympic Mexican national team ended up winning the bronze medal. They beat Japan after they had lost to them in the same tournament. How cool is that redemption in the same tournament very rarely does that happen but they won the 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 bronze medal and they were in the podium just like in 2012 but in 2012 of course they won the gold medal this time gold medal wasn't wasn't meant to be they won the bronze and that is still something that they should be incredibly incredibly proud of um now to to something a little bit more worldwide something that maybe our audience will will understand a little more where the hell is Harry Kane going to play next season? Because he skipped out on Tottenham practices uh, or training sessions, whatever you guys want to call them. He skipped out. And then Jack Grealish was announced as as Manchester City's signing uh, for 100 million pounds. And the next day, Harry Kane issues a statement saying why he missed out. On, on those training sessions, it was like, oh, well, I, I guess I won't be playing for Manchester City, so I guess I'll have to go back to Tottenham. But the whole, the, really, the whole gist of this, of this saga, of this dilemma between Tottenham and Harry Kane is that Harry Kane has absolutely no leverage whatsoever. It's not like he can say, well, I'll play this season out, and then at the end of this season, I will leave as a free agent. Nope. He still has three years in the contract. Um, and I believe that he asked to renew the contract because he wanted more money. So he has no leverage. He, the team that was, that was supposedly on the hunt for him got a, a player that is worth probably as much as Harry Kane is. And now he has nowhere to go. So he's probably going to play for Tottenham this season. Poor guy, poor guy. He just can't catch a break. Yeah, I I think there's no other there's no chance he leaves Tottenham, and it's all because of who runs the ship. It's Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. His best chance at leaving Tottenham was doing what he exactly what he just did, which was completely severing the relationship with the club and the fans, not showing up, really uh, causing a lot of hot headache for the new coach, and destroying their season before it began. And there's no way Harry Kane is that type of player. You could already see after the first day of backlash from the fans, he was already he put out the statement when of when of where he was, when he was going to be back, and 
how he's got, he's looking forward to talking to the club. It's Daniel Levy. Listen, man, I've been I've been following Chelsea for ten years now. Mm-hmm. We wanted Luka Modric. I saw. I think I said this on the, on, even on this pod before. Yeah, we wanted Luka Modric. He said, "If you meet this price, you'll have the player." We exceeded the price, and he hung up the phone. This guy is. He reminds me of the penguin from Batman. Like he has, he has a real. I don't know if it's a Napoleon complex, or if he just has a power of of that big an ego that he's not. There's no way he's going to come to terms with selling his best player in his prime, and the realization that comes with it that he's that Tottenham Hotspur is not a big club, that he's probably the, the third or fourth biggest club in London. That this this new step that he took with Pochettino, it 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 collapsed and they took several steps back. He's gonna have to look in the mirror and essentially confirm all of that if he were to sell Harry Kane. This man is absolutely delusional. I don't. I I, I again. I don't know if you, if if our listeners have had too much. Daniel Levy Levy content, but what I've seen in in the the documentaries, what I've seen in the interviews, what I've seen in every experience that I've had with seeing this person, it just backs up that this is a someone who doesn't hear what he doesn't want to know. like someone who who is very close minded, someone who is very stubborn, someone who has it his way or the highway and makes things a living hell for the people who work for him. And you can see it for Pochettino. You saw it for Mourinho. You're probably going to see it for Nuno Espirito Santo. You see it for Harry Kane, who never left the club, wanted to defend the club, signed a six-year contract to stay with the club, led him to heights they've never seen before. And he wants to go and challenge himself, and they said, no way. And you can see the difference between Aston Villa and Tottenham. I made a joke the other day that Aston Villa is a bigger club than Tottenham. But they're acting like the bigger club right now. They they sold their biggest player. They're their best player. They put out a detailed explanation from the owner directly as to why. They, they, they didn't stand in his way. They got a monumental British record fee for the player. And they redirected the, the funds directly onto the into the into the, the team with quality players. Now look at Tottenham. The last time they did this. With, with Gareth Bale, it didn't go very smooth. He Mm-mm. left a year later than he wanted to. They reinvested into the team, yes, so they reinvested extremely poorly and, and took a, took steps back. And I'm sure Daniel Levy doesn't want to do it again. He, he probably doesn't have the confidence that he can spend the money wisely, but it's, it's a damn shame. And whoever is advising Harry Kane should be ashamed of themselves because... You, you you let that kid sign a six-year contract when you knew that they were at their peak. There was no way they were going to make another Champions League final. You knew the, you, anyone who saw that final and saw them give up a penalty in the first minute, you knew there was no way they were built for that moment. You knew there was no, there was just the height of that run. And man, it, it, it's just, it's terrible because that guy is really, if he leaves, he's going to have to leave on a free transfer. I, I don't see any other way in which Daniel Levy sells him. 
Yeah. And they're, like you said, they're already talking about a new contract. So what does he want, really? Does he want to, does he want to get paid the highest, the highest wages in the Premier League? Or does he really want titles? Because he signs another contract extension to get it. He's, he's never leaving. And even if he were to let this current deal expire, he would be, what, 31 by the time that, that this expires? And with those ankles, you know man, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but then, yeah, uh, that's a fair point. But then you you pull Robin Van Persie, you leave on a bossman, and you go to Man City, you go to Chelsea, you go to wherever the hell you want, and you win that title. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, do you remember what they paid Emmanuel W.O.? Do you remember what they paid, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, the right back from Arsenal who never wanted to leave? Uh, Bakary Sanya? Bakary Sanya. He left so late, right? He left Arsenal when he was probably like in his, in his, in his early to mid-30s. Yeah. Do you remember at all what he was getting paid during those years? I don't remember. Nobody remembers what he, way too much. That's what we remember when what soccer players get paid. Way too much. Do we remember Robin Van Persie, what he, his salary was at Arsenal? No. Do we remember his title at Man United? Yes. We remember him tearing up the Premier League with Wayne Rooney at Man United. Yeah. Even though it was a, a short two years, three years, whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. 31, even if he lets this wind down, it's too, it's it's way past. It's, it's, it's you can say he's past his prime at that point, but it might be worth it. <laughs> it might be worth it to let this contract run down and leave at 31 if you really want to win something. Because I, I'm telling you, if he signs another extension, he's going to leave to MLS trophy list. <laughs> wow. The, that's the harsh reality that is the stone cold truth and uh, i mean harry kane the way that he's been advised and and you said it best whoever whoever is advising harry kane should be ashamed of themselves um and i think it's his family that advises harry kane so that's even even worse and something that i wanted to bring up right now uh, uh when you started talking about daniel levy um, if you want to really see the type of businessman, the type of person that he is, you probably shouldn't watch All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur because that has Daniel Levy all over. Like he 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 produced that and he made himself look a certain way. You can you can just tell how acted and how scripted that is, but that's a different story. Um, Harry Kane doesn't deserve this, but at the same time. He's doing this to himself. So he maybe he doesn't deserve it, but at the same time, he's not helping himself. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with 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 Harry Kane. But yeah, I mean, the only way that he leaves is probably on a free transfer, just like you said. There's no other way. There's no other way for Harry Kane to leave. I, I can't see it. It, it. it would take stupid money, like enough money for Daniel Levy to say to his fans, look how... This is Leo Messi, Neymar money. Oh, and if you're going to pay that much money, you're going to get Erling Haaland. Yeah. Or Mbappe. Like, you don't do it. You don't pay 200 million, 170 million euros for Harry Kane. Mm-mm. Even though he's that, he's that echelon of a player. But if you're going to spend that much, you, you do it for the 19-year-old who's going to be at that level for the next 10 years and doesn't have any injury risk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just have to wait and see what happens 
with 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 Tottenham Hotspur. We'll we'll see if Harry Kane ever ever leaves that jail that is Tottenham Hotspur. All right, Chris, let's move on now and let's talk about Barcelona. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in in the show. But now let's let's fully dive into what what happened with Barcelona. And by now I'm sure everyone knows the details. Everyone knows what happened between Barca, Messi, La Liga, and we all saw the press conference. We saw Lionel Messi in tears, not knowing what to say. We saw that Lionel Messi is now a PSG player. There's so much going on. There is so much that happened in the last week. And you broke the news to me. You broke the news to me. I was in shock. How are you feeling when you first read that headline? Barcelona will, sorry, Lionel Messi will not return to Barcelona for the upcoming yeah. season. Uh, it's funny because uh, what I felt was was a lot of anger and sadness. And usually, I'm not the biggest Barcelona fan. I know we've said that previously. We've I've already mentioned how I'm a Chelsea fan, and I frequently butt heads with uh, uh, Barcelona fans and 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 uh, have have a dig at them when whenever they uh, lose the odd match. But dude. It, it was it's such a it was such a travesty to, to see how uh, what happened how this all transpired and I was I was very confused but I, like I said I was more than anything angry and upset because uh, I mean you, you said it uh, earlier I think Xavi and, and Iniesta had proper I think you said it better than I can I was trying to think of a way to say it uh, I think Xavi and Iniesta had uh, proper send-offs. I think they they had a, a, a appropriate goodbyes. Like they had full stadiums, they had the red and blue confetti coming down. It was out of a movie. So Leo Messi, the greatest player of this club, the club that gave them those goodbyes, gets a press conference where they talk about what happened and they clap him off. I mean, it was just very. It, it wasn't right. Like Leo Messi should retire there if he wants to. So him not not being able to continue against his will just does not feel right. And that's that's what I felt. It's 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 tough to be to feel anger at Barcelona because they wanted to keep him. They've been trying for they they molded their team and tried to sign everybody to give them a competitive team. They signed Cunaguero as a friend. I know you may have a different take on that, like. A lot of what's transpired within the last couple of years, you can say, pushed them to this point. Maybe Messi, even Messi last year, got pushed to the brink and came back. Uh, they, they couldn't. You can't throw money at that at this issue. They really uh, messed up. They cooked their books. They messed up. They messed up their accounting for like the last like eight years. And yeah, the league, the, the league simply said we can't bend our rules to allow you to, to have Leo Messi. And it's tough to be upset at the league. It's tough to be upset at Barca. You can't be upset at Messi, but this is just wrong. As a football fan, we got robbed of Leo Messi's last game at Barcelona and the spectacle of that. We got robbed of his last Champions League run with Barcelona 
because we didn't know what was, what, what was happening. And I don't, I, I understand they didn't either, but it just isn't, it doesn't feel right at all. I don't know about you. I know you as a Barca fan must have even stronger feelings than that, but even as someone who's on the other side of the fence and butt heads with Barca as frequently as I do, I did not take any pleasure in seeing that news. It, it really felt really wrong against the game of football. Yeah, and it's very rare that any sporting great, any great athlete gets a proper send-off. You look at Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls. You look at Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. Cristiano Ronaldo with Real Madrid. It's always some some BS send-off that we know they don't deserve. But maybe the way that they were properly sent off was with all of the titles and, and by remembering them in the way that we do. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little a little personal and a little emotional here. Um and, and then I, I will give my actual analysis of what happened. And first I'm gonna talk as a fan. Lionel Messi and this is going to sound pathetic to a lot of people, but Lionel Messi is a very important part of my life. This man, and I will say this confidently to anyone, he has brought me more happiness than most of the people that call themselves my family. I say that with, with, with all the confidence in the world. Seeing his goals, seeing him just carry the ball and... And stride on the field and 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 do everything so effortlessly brought so much joy to my life. And that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with Barcelona. Another one was because Rafa Marquez was playing for Barcelona. And that's when I was young, impressionable. And I'm like, oh, a Mexican player plays for Barcelona? Cool. I'll support them. And ever since then. So it's been what almost 20 years since I've been I, I've been really following Barcelona. But what Lionel Messi has done the the impact that he has had in my life it is absolutely incredible i mean for goodness sake my room was painted blue and red because of barcelona now it's not only the red walls remain there's wallpaper now on what used to be a big blue wall um but still you guys get the point um Lionel Messi has brought me and has given me so much, so much joy, so much happiness. I, I, I remember seeing him absolutely tear up those Real Madrid sides from two, sides from 2008 to 2012, scoring goals at will. Uh, I remember vividly that Champions League comeback against AC Milan, where Lionel Messi opened up the the, the score quite early. And then, of course, he led his team into the quarterfinals of, of the Champions League, who, ironically, they, they ended up facing PSG in that quarterfinal round um, back in 2013. I remember that that final Champions League that he won with Barcelona. I, I, I remember watching that game, and, and I remember the day before, I had a really, really bad cold, and I lost my voice, and somehow I was still watching the game and cheering Barcelona on, and and I know it made my voice even worse, but I didn't care because it was Barcelona, it was Messi, 
and I wanted to see him get another Champions League. Um, my my favorite moment of Lionel Messi's career at Barcelona is when he scored the three two against against Real Madrid in that Clasico back in April of 2017. Bloodied Messi, uh, um, uh, a Messi that was that was being absolutely butchered by Real Madrid's defense. He comes back and he scores that beautiful curled ball, beats Kaylor Navas, and then what does Lionel Messi do? He goes to the corner, takes off his jersey, shows it to Santiago Bernabeu, to the entire stadium. And he says, yeah, this right here, this is the guy that has been haunting you guys for the last 15 years. Those are the moments that I will remember. I will also remember, of course, some of the moments where things weren't all that great for for Barcelona, for Lionel Messi, where his head was down. Of course, that that Anfield collapse, that 8-2 loss to Bayern Munich, uh, that 4-0 loss to Bayern Munich in in that same Champions League that I was talking about. But it's, uh, it's all part of Lionel Messi's story with Barcelona. And and Lionel Messi's story with Barcelona is is actually one that you you need to make a documentary about. And I'm sure there's there's plenty in the works. And there's one already. Take the ball, pass the ball. It's a great movie. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. And I don't recommend movies. I don't watch movies at all. I'm I'm, I'm not a fan of movies. But that is definitely one that anyone should watch. Unless you're a Real Madrid fan, I think you'll probably lose sleep for like the the, the like the 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 next two days but it all forms part of Lionel Messi's story and 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 I grew up as Lionel Messi grew up Lionel Messi made his debut with Barcelona when I was six years old and now I am a couple days from turning 23 and that's all I know it's all I know Lionel Messi at Barcelona is all I know and it sucks it hurts I haven't cried and I don't want to cry right now because uh, it's going to make me look really bad. Uh, but it, it's something that, that that's worthy of, of shedding a tear. Seeing Lionel Messi cry in that press conference felt like seeing my my own father cry. And th- that's something that, that is almost inevitable, of course. But these are just things that, that are part of life. And I guess we have to learn to live with it. And instead of being sad that it's over... And I know it's going to sound corny and cliche, but we should be happy that it happened. And we got 20 years of magic, almost 20 years of magic with, with Lionel Messi. doesn't matter if you're a Real Madrid fan, if you're a Chelsea fan like you are, Chris. If, if you're a Manchester United fan, an Arsenal fan, uh, a, a Villarreal fan. I don't know why that came up to my mind. Uh, a Sevilla fan, Atletico Madrid. We all have to appreciate the fact that this man was consistent. For X amount of seasons, I can't think of the number off the top of my head right now. 16, 17, whatever, however many seasons it was. He was so consistent. And to that, I think we just have to remember with a lot of joy, with a lot a lot of happiness, because I don't think we're going to see anything similar ever again. I, I really don't think anything like that is going to happen. 652 goals. In his club career with Barcelona. There is a hour-long YouTube video. Of all of his goals. All of his official goals. Fuck the friendlies. Official goals. With Barcelona. And you bet your ass I'm going to watch that. Later tonight. Alright. 
now the emotion is out of the way, let me talk about what what really what what really went down, and, and I'm going to give an actual analysis. Um, this is Barcelona's fault. You can't disagree with that. This is Barcelona's fault, and this this starts when Neymar came in. This starts with the poor and shady business that happened, so Neymar could play for Barcelona. And sure, you can even say, well. Barcelona won a treble with Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. Yeah, but look at how much it's costed this team. And some people might even say we don't we don't even have to pin we, we can't even pin the blame on Josep Maria Bartomeu, who is somewhere hiding right now. We can we can blame Sandro Rosell because he's the one that started everything. Um I, I don't know about that. I think Bartomeu's uh, management was incredibly poor, but I think there's really only one one party to blame, and that's Barcelona. What do you think about that, Chris? Uh, man, it's... I'll be honest with you. I, um, I'm really torn on this. I'm really torn because with Barca, you can say that they've been... they they. For example, you're saying that them signing Neymar and doing all the shadiness and back back backdoor deals to get that done and all the shadiness that, that has been happening since in deals like you know, like Antoine Griezmann and Phil Cuccino and yeah. there's been a bunch of players that, that been that were signed and didn't even play for the club. Like I, I do I do understand that, and that's you're a thousand percent right on that. But then I also feel like when Barca signs the the Osmano Dembele, when they sign the Antoine Griezmann, their fans aren't questioning where they get these. Like they they don't we're not questioning where we get these funds. Like when mm-hmm. Chelsea goes and buys Lukaku later this week, I'm not questioning where they're getting this money from. Yes, our their our fan to, to in comparison, our you can say, well, Chelsea has spent as much as they sold in this window. So yeah, I get that. But as just as a fan, I'm I'm pulling it to just as a basic level of fandom. You don't really question where you get the money from. That's in any mm-hmm. sport. And if the Eagles go and trade and or or, or sign Jalen Ramsey right now, if any any of my teams go and sign one of the best players on the free agent market. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. I'm not of questioning course. where it's coming from. So with Barca, when they signed Antoine Griezmann, everybody, all the Barca fans were ecstatic. When they signed Dembele, when they signed Coutinho, all these, all the fans are are happy when they when the club does these deals. So can can we blame them for trying to remain competitive? No. No, absolutely not. No way. I, no I, way. I, 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 you know, like they, you can, they can say, like for example, Joan Laporta, right? He when I when I looked up his history because I thought he's what I remember from his presidency was that Barcelona were the masters of the transfer market that they were just doing astute deals like if they signed Zlatan Ibrahimovic but it didn't work out so they flip him and bring in David Villa for a quarter of the they just always seemed like they were a step ahead mm-hmm. so when I looked into why he left because I was honestly shocked as a kid like well if you're of if you have success in your position why why are they letting you go why are you moving why 
didn't really question it at the time, but it's because of shady backroom dealings. Like they were, they were doing a lot of fishy deals to, to fix their accounting. So how long has this been going on? You know, it's, it's a, it's a tough rabbit hole. And that's why I'm torn on the issue because you can't blame them for trying to remain competitive, but you definitely sure as hell can blame, you sure as hell can blame them for not finding a, a a sustainable business model that can allow them to flourish the right way because it is possible. It, 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 it's not, we're not going to sit here and pretend that every club in 2021 is dirty. That's no, they probably are, but they're not getting, <laughs> they're not doing what Barcelona did. So no. Yeah. I, 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 I think you're definitely right. Like I would say Barcelona gets the lion's share of the blame. It's just tough for me to, to, to sit here and just, Pin that, pin, pin it all on them because it's tough. Like La Liga introducing a salary cap is unprecedented. That does not, that would not fly in England. So I really sympathize in that aspect of, well, damn. I mean, you don't, you don't see that being enforced anyway. Why is PSG? Because if you compare the, the what the the finances of PSG and Barcelona. PSG are probably breaching that the rules that Barcelona would are breaking by signing Leo Messi even more than Barcelona. So yeah. it, it's 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 like where do we draw the line? Like Spain is imposing this financial fair play on their and, and a salary cap on their teams. France isn't, England isn't, Italy isn't, and if they are, they aren't enforcing it to this extent. So it's it's tough. I think a lot of people get a lot uh, get, get blamed for this. Barcelona definitely get the lion's share, yeah. But it's it, it's they're not they're not solely at fault, in my opinion. That's very understandable, and I appreciate the 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 different point of view that you have because I hadn't really seen it that way. So that this this is why it's good to have discussions, people. This is why you listen to people when you're when you're having a, a discussion because you might learn something new, and I definitely just did right now. Um, I, I, I think that Barcelona can't be blamed for wanting to stay competitive. Of course you want to stay competitive when, when you're in the elite of Europe, when you're competing for, for your domestic league, when you're competing for, for a European title. But here is the problem. They are competing against, well, right now. Right now they are competing against Manchester City, PSG, Chelsea, Manchester United. You might even put in Liverpool somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. What do they all have in common? All of these teams have billionaire owners. Barcelona doesn't have that structure. They are owned by the socios. They are owned by the people who pay a membership. And they can vote. They vote their president. They they, they have somewhat of a say. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know... That there is not mm-hmm. a sole owner in Barcelona in Real Madrid. That's not how it works. So when you don't have a sole owner, it's kind of hard to be injecting all of this money. I guarantee you that if, for example, Joan Laporta were to say, you know what, I'm going to buy all of these socios out and the only owner of this club or the majority owner of this club is going to be me. Swap Joan Laporta for any billionaire that you can think of. It would be completely different because Barcelona would have a a, a different 
type of 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 capital they would have more or sorry they they would compete with Manchester City with Chelsea with PSG with these teams because now they have a billionaire owner now they have that that fountain of 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 money that they can just put their hand in and buy players now of course we bring in the salary cap in La Liga, well, that just changes everything because that, that that puts a roadblock on absolutely every single team that plays in the Spanish League. But yeah, I do think that that the ownership structure in Barcelona and in Real Madrid makes it difficult, makes it really difficult. So, um, yeah, but but um, is there anything else that, that you want to add about about Barcelona? the structure, the mess, because I do want to talk about Lionel Messi and what his career might look like in, in France. Yeah. It, um, it's just hearing, like hearing uh, you speak about Barca, it, it kind of, they remind me, their structure reminds me of Bayern Munich where they, where they have a, uh, a community theme regarding ownership, where mm-hmm. the, the people who live in the actual city where they play, each own a share, and it's it's community driven, kind of like the Green Bay Packers here. Yes, football. correct. Um, and it, it's 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 similar. They're so similar because Bayern, they don't they don't they're a big superpower. But what do they do every year? They wait till Barista Dortmund's franchise players have a year left on their contract and get them for pennies on the dollar, and that's how they stay competitive. Like they they. It's kind of like you can't blame Barcelona for for trying to remain competitive, but you can put the blame on them for not finding a sustainable model exactly. that, that allows them to to hum continuously like Bayern has. Like Bayern didn't join the Super League because their community did not uh, uh, on a community vote they could not allow them to to enter. Mm-hmm. So on that, it's like. You have the right idea. You don't. You don't necessarily need a, a, a billionaire sugar daddy to be successful, <laughs> but maybe you do. Or you need to be like Bayern Munich and have like astute business minds running your, your, your the ship. Because if you have people who aren't at the top of the game, this can happen, and it's sad. But this is the name of the game, dude. Like UEFA had 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 got cleaned out. FIFA's gotten cleaned out. Yeah. <laughs> You can't pay the, the the problem away anymore. No, no, because there's there's too many ways to capture evidence, and you can be exposed quite easily nowadays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the the biggest difference between Barcelona and Bayern is that Bayern actually knows what they're doing, and this Barcelona is trying to figure it out. Uh, hopefully, yeah. they, they figure it out for for the fans' sake. Um, let's talk about Lionel Messi. I, I, I went on a rant about Lionel Messi. I, I almost teared up a little bit. But um, what what do we make of Lionel Messi's move to PSG? Because he said on Sunday that there was a number of clubs that were asking for his services. But let's be honest. We all knew that there was really... There's not... I wouldn't even say a handful of clubs that can actually afford Lionel Messi. Um, we knew Only that... Three. Only three, I would think. Yeah, there's there's th- uh, PSG, Man City, and Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Billionaire owners. <laughs> exactly. Like, like you just said. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what do we make of this move to PSG? Man, 
Um, for the most part, I like it. I don't love it. I, I Part of me, although I was very scared to see it in that Man City with Pep, part of me <laughs> really want, wanted to see him tested in England. And I say tested. I don't think Leo Messi would have had any issues in England. <laughs> I think he would have literally just shut up everybody who ever had that joke of, can he do it at a rainy night and in, in a wet rainy uh, night? Yeah. Yeah. He would have, that, that would have been fun to watch though. And, and that's what, um, that's what I feel like I, I, we missed out on a little bit. It would have been fun to see him in the Premier League. But that being said, it is very fascinating to see the great, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player to ever play the sport still kind of in his prime like he's not he's obviously definitely not finished he's still a top three player and that's generous probably still the best player in the world um change leagues and and really try a different challenge it's going to be refreshing i think for him and his family for his career he he seemed really i I know he was i'm not trying to say he, he, he was faking it he seemed really upset at the barcelona press conference he seemed like he didn't want to leave but he seemed really happy in Paris when, yes. they, when they did the press conference. Yes. Like, it was like, oh, man, I still have this draw? Like, oh, man, this is, I still, I'm still the spectacle. I'm, I'm sure he knew that, but it's kind of just re- a, a refresher of like, wow, I'm, I'm, I have to, I, I know a lot's happened to everyone in the last year and a half that with the, 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 with the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Excuse me. But, it, it, it was almost – you could almost see the, the childish smile on his face like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm back. You could, I could see him really ramping up the scoring numbers in Paris. That being said, maybe he doesn't play every game, which mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. In England, it would have been really fascinating to see him play week in and week out against the, the best – the cream mm-hmm. of the crop, the best, in the best competition against the, a world-class coach every, every match. He's not going to get that in Paris. They're going to—they're they're probably going to win closer to ten, closer to double digits than than than, than anything. Like it's going to get real nasty. Like the score lines with 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 PSG this year, I think. But it is going to be a spectacle. Like I'm already trying to plan a trip. If they go and play whoever and win eleven nothing, and I see Messi score four and play with <laughs> Neymar. Neymar and, like, dude, that's a it's a it's a spectacle. Like, it's on. The whole world is going to try and go and see PSG right now. Yeah, and and that to me is the most positive thing out of all of this, and it's it, it's something huge because now this is a spectacle. Now we have three of the best players in the world in one team. Unreal. Messi and Neymar already played together for five seasons. Was it? I think it was. Yeah, it, it was five seasons that they or four or five. That they played together. Yeah. And uh, they got along. No, I was going to say, I think it was five. But yeah, keep, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Um, They played together for however long it was. And they got along really well. They still get along really well. And Messi said that a lot, a big reason as to why he picked PSG is because of his boy Neymar. So we know. We know. And, and, and the, there was talks that Neymar was very willing to give up his number 10. Messi's like, no. It's fine. I'll pick another number. Neymar's like, come on, use it. And Messi said, no, it's okay. But that's a different story uh, for the people that that weren't really aware of why Lionel Messi 
picked number 30 rather than number 10, which is still kind of weird to get used to. But anyway, um, it is going to be a, a spectacle for sure. For sure. It is going to be a spectacle. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch MNM. This is what we're going to call them now. MNM, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe. Um, they are they are literally a FIFA career mode team. That is what they are. When you are like a 13-year-old turning on your PlayStation, that's the team that, that you load up. That's the team that you buy. Um, with that being said, I am a little torn because I thought for a long time, I thought that Lionel Messi was going to be in the Premier League. Last year, when Lionel Messi said that he was leaving Barcelona, I'm like, oh, he's going to Manchester City. He's going to play in Manchester City. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see him tear up Arsenal again. Because <laughs> that's what he always does when he faces them. Um, and and facing facing Chelsea, facing Liverpool, facing Tottenham, facing all of these teams. That, that was going to be a lot of fun. And it, it does disappoint me a little bit that, that we won't see that probably ever. But I understand why you picked PSG. Why not? You have your friend there. There's a lot of Argentine players in there too. He's gonna get along. Well, he's gonna he's gonna adapt very quickly. Uh, but but yeah, there's a, a a little side of me that's like, really, Paris. Like that was almost the easy way out. But at the end of the day, it's probably not gonna be that easy. But I will say this: with this team for PSG, it's either Champions League or bust. There is no way, no way that you can end this season without a Champions League title and not call it a failure. This team is built to win the Champions League. This team is built to finally become the kings of Europe. This is why they brought Lionel Messi in. This is why they're keeping Kylian Mbappe for another season. Listen, if PSG with this team doesn't win the Champions League this season, they should stick they should play a different sport because this team is literally made just for this. On paper. Of course, many things can happen. We're only a game into League On. Many things can happen, but on paper, PSG has to absolutely win the Champions League. It's a yes or yes. What do you yeah, think? I completely agree. Um on, on really on, on everything you said, um, I thought leaving for Man City last year was the easy way out as well when he was trying to leave. Well, yeah, of Man, course. If you look at Man City in hindsight, they they won the FA. Did they win the FA Cup? They won the FA Cup. Mm, they won the EFL Cup. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Leicester beat us for the FA Cup. Uh, they won the EFL Cup. Mm. They ran away with the Premier League. And... They were in the Champions League final. You add Leo Messi to Man City, they probably win the treble, an yeah. English treble. Like they, they, they're stacked. Like really, dude. Like they didn't really. They almost won the English treble without him. <laughs> now, yeah, you add Messi and yeah. Yeah. Um, now he leaves to Paris. I, I like you would have loved to see him in, in the EPL. Like I said earlier, I would have loved to have seen seen him at Manchester United. Even though I'm not hmm. a United fan at all. Interesting. 
that would have been more romantic to me in which he bring tries to bring back a, a sleeping giant and tries to win the EPL against Pep Guardiola rather than it's him joining the, the Man City and in essence also joining PSG kind of feels like when Kevin Durant left and joined the Warriors where it's like yeah you you went and joined the best team and the, the best player in the world went and joined the best team in the world this is going to be fun for no one but you guys but yeah let's all go and watch it <laughs> cuz yeah it, it's a cop out but yeah it's it's going to be fun it's going to be a spectacle it's going to be on sports center they're going to be their score lines are going to be absolutely ridiculous i think all three of them probably get 30 goals minimum this year wow yeah <laughs> dude if you think about msn msn was potent as hell yeah you upgrade on suarez with Killian Mbappe <laughs> and you still got the, the other two guys like yeah wow I I didn't I didn't even think about it like that because there was one season where MSN scored 120 goals between the three yeah it, it was the, the trouble season opposition. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I, I it's gonna be fun it's gonna be Harlem Globetrotter exactly which is great, but part of me really wants to see them bow out of the Champions League and see the chaos that's going to ensue because... I have a feeling Pochett- that that's what's going to happen. Mauricio Pochettino's got a rep, and that rep came upon finishing in second in competitions. I don't know anyone else that's gotten this rep. He finished. He, he, he lost the Champions League, and he lost the Premier <laughs> League a couple times, mm-hmm. and he's a world-class manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he finished second so, in, in league on last season too yes he did I, I was i trust me i was harping on it big time because this is something i've been aware of. I, I like pochettino i'm not trying to say he's a bad manager i think <laughs> he has really progressive attractive football teams sometimes yes yes sometimes i think he has to earn the praise he's been given for the last two two to three years where everybody thinks he's this miracle worker He's, he went to Paris last season. I said, okay, he's probably going to win a couple of really easy trophies, and then that's that. He gets to justify that, the hype. They didn't win anything last Mm-mm. year. Mm-mm. They didn't win anything, and Thomas Tuchel got, got let go for way less. And look at what he did. Yeah. so You know exactly what he did. They have to win the Champions League this year. I think... At any moment, if you see, if you have any doubt in in that that they won't, you call Zinedine done right away. Like the first moment, like it, I I don't care. Like as a Chelsea fan, they make fun of Chelsea all the time regarding how we change managers. I don't give a shit if that means I won the Champions League. So yeah. Frankie Lampard, I love you. I love you to death. It was the right move, changing manager in the right in the middle of the season. If that means we got a Champions League, PSG has shown to be ruthless. They fired that same manager and Thomas Tuchel. They fired a lot of different managers who've won the league there and and weren't as successful as the president demanded them to be. That being said, I hope they continue to be ruthless and and continue on that path. Because if I were them, the moment this guy shows that he's not the one. You call the proven the winner. You call the proven winner. You call the, the greatest French player of all time in Zinedine Zidane. 
one of the few coaches who walks in and demands instant respect Oof. and has has the camaraderie with Sergio Ramos. Yes, that that makes sense. Of course, it makes sense. And now we are just fantasy booking. But there is a bit of a roadblock right there because Zinedine Zidane is from Marseille. And Marseille and PSG are bitter rivals. So I don't know if he would ever take a job at PSG. Oh, man. With that being said, man, if you have an opportunity to win a fourth Champions League and you have that team and all you got to do is like push them over the edge, you have to take it. You yeah. have to take it. But wow, we are disrespecting Pochettino quite a lot, <laughs> even with this conversation. But we're. Okay, we're not we're not disrespecting him. We're rightfully questioning him because he hasn't proven that he can win the big yeah. title. I, I think that's fair. Like that's I think that's what I'm trying to harp on. People may see that as being disrespectful to him. I think he's a world class manager. I, I can I can stand on ten toes and say he plays attractive football. He's a top manager. He's he's consistently gotten more of, of, of out of his teams than what what the talent that they show that they have. You can see that at Tottenham, they regressed, right? You can see that at Southampton, <laughs> they regressed. Everywhere he's been, they regressed after he left. That being said, he has to earn it. He has to win things. He has to win that silverware to have that, that respect that everybody gives him. I don't think it's disrespectful to say, hey, if he doesn't win, you bring in a proven winner like Zinedine Zidane, and yeah, man, he has to prove it. And and I I hope that people don't take that as disrespect because it's not. I, I don't think it is. It's literally just trying to call it how it is. Because yeah, he, he he like I said, he finished in second in, in numerous competitions with teams that shouldn't have been there. And I get it, but nobody remembers the runners up in a few years, man. <laughs> yeah. That's that's very true. People don't don't remember the team that lost the final or the team that finished second. Uh, everyone remembers the winner. Doesn't matter how they win. You you just get remembered if you are a a winner. And Mauricio Pochettino has all of the tools to be a winner with this PSG side. Um, so those are the expectations for PSG now that Lionel Messi has arrived. Uh, all right, let's move on now to your club. Let's move on to Chelsea. Let's talk about Chelsea because Chelsea will make their debut in the Premier League this weekend. I'll be honest, I don't know who they face and when they play. Tell me tell me more. When do you know when they when they play do they play Saturday or uh, Sunday? I believe we play Crystal Palace on Sunday. Okay. Well, happy birthday to me. Um yep. <laughs> Okay. Romelu Lukaku, heavily linked with Chelsea. Romelu Lukaku, basically a Chelsea player. 115 million pounds or euros? Doesn't make a difference. Euros. A, sh- a shitload of money. That's euros, euros. euros. It, it, it won't beat Jack Relish's record. Jack Relish has the record right now at 103. Interesting. Interesting. So with the currency exchange, Lukaku will be at 97. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Well, with that being said, Romelu Lukaku heavily linked. Heavily linked with Chelsea. Basically a done deal. 
a lot of reports. We are recording this on Wednesday, August 11th at night. So maybe by the time you listen to this, he will be a Chelsea player. There are a lot of reports that he's in London already. And we all know the story of Romelu Lukaku. He was driven out of there by Jose Mourinho. Now, almost 10 years later, he's coming back. Or at least that's what it appears like. You get a full season of Thomas Tuchel. You get a full season or another season of all of these guys that you brought in last summer. Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, um, Christian. No, Christian Pulisic came in the, the summer before that. But Hakim Ziyech. Hakim Ziyech. You get another summer. Sorry, another season with them. And you're the reigning and defending European champions. Chris, I'm going to hit you with the heaviest question you have had to answer in this entire podcast. Is Chelsea the favorite to win the Premier League this season? Uh, as, as much as I, I would love to sit here and say they are, they, they can't be. They, they simply can't be because Manchester City... With the, the form that they've shown in the league, the consistency under Pep Guardiola since he's been in charge there, you 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 can't. They, they didn't really lose anybody. They didn't they didn't have any big injury, and they added a hundred million pound record fee player in Jack Grealish and may get Harry Kane. But even right now, let's just go on the hypothetical that they don't. I think it's really tough to, to, to claim anyone other than Man City are favorites. That being said, I think Chelsea are one of the favorites. They're definitely a horse in the race. Um, if I were a betting man, I would bet, put money on Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you, I can sit here and, and crown them just yet. I think Man City deserves the, the title that they have, which is the outstanding favorite in the competition. They have the best coach in the competition. Uh, they have the they're, they're full of depth. They have qu- proven winners, quality all over, all over the squad, and uh, ownership that has backed the manager. So, um, yeah, I think Manchester City has to be the the overwhelming favorite for the competition. Um, Chelsea, like I said, definitely definitely in the race. I think Liverpool are definitely in the race. They're finally full, uh, back back at full strength, and have all. The, uh, we're missing a lot of key guys the last uh, year, year and a half or so, mm-hmm. and those guys are, are are now back and have had a full preseason with Klopp again, and um, I and Manchester United have brought, have bought brought in proven quality in Jaden Sancho and Rafael Varane, so I think with. These are the those are the top dogs. I, I probably just gave you my prediction for top four. Okay, but um, yeah, I, I I can see those three teams making life hell for Man City. If any one of these teams wins the the Premier League title, I'm not going to sit here and think, "Oh my God, what a surprise!" Right now, I'm I wouldn't be shocked if Chelsea wins the title. I wouldn't be shocked if Liverpool or Man United also pull that 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 stunt off. What would surprise me the least if Man City continue their dominance and win yet another EPL title? Because how can I say otherwise at this point? Yeah, all the evidence is there. 
all the all the evidence to say that Manchester City will continue the dominance is there. But Chris, I'm gonna say what you want to say, but I know that you don't want to sound biased. I'll I'll say it for you. I think that Chelsea, first of all, they have Man City's number. Come on, come on. They eliminated them from the FA Cup. They beat them in the Premier League in an important game where they denied Manchester City the right to hoist the title that day. They denied them with a last-minute winner by Marcos Alonso. And then they beat them in the Champions League final. That's not a fluke. You don't you don't get flukish wins in three separate occasions. It doesn't happen. I think Chelsea has Man City's number. I think Thomas Tuchel has studied Pep Guardiola down to a T. He probably knows his mannerisms like the palm of his hand. And you add Romelu Lukaku to this, that frees up Timo Werner. He's not going to have to play centrally anymore. That 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 gives the wingers an actual wing play role. And 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 now they won't have to have this this rotation in that final third of the pitch where we'll play with Kai Havertz down the middle. We'll play with Timo Werner down the middle. We'll 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 see what happens. We'll work something out. Now they know it's Romelu Lukaku. And Lukaku is a different player from the one that left Manchester back in 2019. He's a different player. And there are reports that Romelu Lukaku had a lot of stomach issues when he was in Manchester. He couldn't really digest food as as, as the human body should. So that's why maybe he wasn't a tip-top shape. And now in Italy... And it's kind of ironic because food in Italy is kind of heavy. And uh, this man apparently wasn't having any of those issues. So now you bring in this version of Romelu Lukaku. My goodness. How can you not say that Chelsea isn't the favorite? To me, Chelsea's the favorite. To me, Manchester City, the way that they played against Leicester in that community shield, yeah, it's, it's still a friendly at the end of the day, but... Very uninspiring. That was very uninspiring. Sh- sure, I know that in December I'm going to be looking like an absolute idiot. But I think Chelsea is the favorite going into this. Based on the form, based on the manager, based on the players, based on how they match up with the with the direct competitors, I think Chelsea's the favorite. I'm just saying. Uh, I think... I don't think you're crazy. Let's put it that way. I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, funny that you were talking about uh, the, the stomach issues. That, that's that's really interesting to hear. Um, I was actually reading into how as soon as he, as soon as regarding Lukaku, of course. Yeah. I was actually reading how when he got to enter, the sports science staff recommended like it's a form of diet. I, I can't remember. It's an Italian word. But it's essentially like he only eats high white protein and vegetables. And it like completely shaped like his body where he's like unrecognizable exactly. from the freaking person that he was when he left United. And it's it's, it's wild when you think about it. Like, man, it, it, if this guy just had the proper backing, he could have been a beast. But yeah, I, I think he has that now at Chelsea. I don't think you're crazy. I I told, I said it earlier. If I were to put money down, I'd probably put money on Chelsea. That being said, it's I I I, th- I think it's tough to 
to to just um, hand it to them in that way. The re- the main reason being is because I feel like in a tournament style uh, setting that Chelsea have the mental fortitude to, to get to, to lock down and hunker down and pull together as a team and really pull out tough, gritty wins, which is what they did against Porto and Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. In the league, it's not always the, the, the mentally toughest who wins the, the, the EPL. You've seen Liverpool have a, a team full of champions and finish with 90 points and, and finish in second to Manchester City because the winner in the EPL is who's most consistent. And that's the issue. With Chelsea, the, the issue of consistency and goals is what plagued us last year. The goal should be solved with Lukaku. Exactly. The inconsistency mm-hmm. should be solved with more time being together. And I, it's not like we, we changed half the team in, in the summer transfer window like we did last summer. So any team with four, five, six different signings in the starting 11 is going to have those problems, those inconsistencies. So more time together should iron out those problems. It's just tough to say, yeah, that's they are going to overcome those problems and they're going to overcome that while being more consistent than a team that's been together for the last five years. Because when you're Manchester City and you're only incorporating one signing, it's much easier to, to, to keep that same synergy that you had from the, the season past. So, but it, that being said, now with Chelsea, you're only adding one or two, th- maybe three players if they end up with Declan Rice, which it's not being talked about too much just yet. Mm-hmm. But if they end up with Conde and Lukaku, which is what they're being talked about now, it is definitely easier to carry on the momentum that we were displaying uh, in, in the Champions League. And we showed it tonight in the... Uh, in the Super Cup. It's a shame Hazim Akeem Ziyech got hurt. Yeah. He's been our best player in preseason, but when I was that that those inconsistencies look like they're they're running out just fine. So and you may have a point at the end of all this. Alex. I just <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. I don't want exactly. to put it in the air. Exactly. But you may have a point. Exactly. Well, I'll speak it into existence for you. Um because I I know that, that that the fan in you does not want to jinx it. I know how it works. I know how it works. I have similar things to th- th- that I do that whenever my team is playing, I don't wear the jersey because I know it's bad luck. I understand. We all understand. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably understand that these are the things that soccer fans do. Um, but but yeah, with, with that being said, you brought up a really good point about adding Lukaku and Jules, Jules Kunde. Man, those are just those are two players that you can plug into the starting eleven, and it they, they I don't necessarily think that they would miss a beat. Jules Kunde, that man, man, he's just he's like a hound dog, just always gets the ball. And then Lukaku, we know what he does. He's just he's he's out of this world. He is a player that that we know very well. We saw him in the Euros. We saw him in in the Serie A for the last two seasons. So if you add those two. It's hard to argue because you're you're not adding those five or six players like you were saying. You're you're adding, you're you're really just like rounding off the edges, and you yeah. are making it as smooth as possible. That's what Chelsea's doing. Scary, yeah, it's scary. It's uh, 
you're now you're complementing. You're no exactly. longer building. You have the foundation. You have exactly. that with the Mason Mounts and the Kai Havertz, and you have your, your pieces there. Now you're just like you said, you're rounding, you're smoothing out the edges. Yeah, it's you're putting up the core. You're putting up yeah. the core in your mansion. That's what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> scary, very scary. That being said, what's more likely right now? Chelsea winning the Premier League title or Champions League title or Thomas Tuchel getting fired? Probably Thomas Tuchel getting fired. <laughs> that's just uh, yes. that's, that's just how how it, dude, Chelsea are so ruthless. I saw Sack Di Matteo two months after we won the whole thing in 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they Yeah. It it wouldn't surprise me. I've seen a lot of up and downs as a fan. I've seen us win the title and then couldn't 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 beat anybody and finish in 10th and then win the title with Conte and then Conte is fired and then transfer brand so it's very the, being a Chelsea fan it requires a lot of ups and downs yeah so it's a roller coaster than, yeah a lot of peaks and valleys so right now while we're at this peak all I can say is I'm expecting I'm expecting the dip but I'm hoping for uh, new heights. I'm con- continuing new heights because Tuchel has everything he has, everything he wants to uh, to build an empire, and I'm just really excited as a fan these days. Well, that's good. That always makes the sport much more enjoyable. So good for you, good for you, and, and enjoy enjoy this because we know it doesn't happen often. We know that that this sport is very ruthless and and it and it's very fickle too. It's very fickle. We know that that it it uh, sometimes it smiles at you, sometimes it 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 frowns. But whenever you get those good moments, you got to enjoy them. And uh, we're gonna have a lot of good moments this weekend because the Premier League comes back, La Liga comes back. Uh, we might see Messi debut with PSG. That's gonna be uh, something to watch. The Bundesliga comes back too. Oh my goodness. So much soccer. So, so much soccer. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, we will wrap it up because we are out of time. My goodness. This is what happens when you talk about the beautiful game. Uh, we plugged our social media at, at the beginning of the show. And I'm sure you guys didn't notice it, but I know I did. We had a bit of a technical difficulty when we were transitioning into the Barcelona segment. So... If you guys hear something a little differently, don't be scared. Don't don't question it. It was just a technical difficulty. That's all. We hope you enjoyed. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Any last words before we we finish this this episode? No, um, thank you for having me, Alex. And yeah, I hope everybody enjoys the opening round of fixtures because the new season's here and Lord only knows what it's going to bring. Every year has been more and more interesting. And now we got so much to look forward to. So many super teams in the in the British Premier League. Uh, this, this team Thanos, this team Death Star out in Paris now. <laughs> and, and Bayern Munich are a year away, a year removed from looking just as dominant as them. So, yes. yeah, we have so much to look for. And, Oh my God! Even Serie A, there's there's so much to look forward to. The only league that is really dragging behind now is La Liga with their with their issues. But yeah, we have uh, 
I hope everybody enjoys the opening fixtures this upcoming weekend because it's going to be a doozy. I, I already know it's every year has gotten crazier and crazier. So I'm ready for it. I hope you guys are too. Well, there you go. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, just watch as many games as you possibly can because uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. Thank you all so much for listening. It was great to do this again. Um, I don't want to promise that we'll be, we will be back next week. We will try our best to do so. Our lives are very busy. But whenever, whenever it is that we get to meet again, probably I, I will say probably next week, you know, it's going to be an honor and a pleasure to be speaking to you all. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care and goodbye.